Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The beer is cold and the wings are hot. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. Right, and that they do affect momentum, which affects confidence. Um, we're all human, right? So there is a mental aspect of that, the mental toughness of, a, in this case, a, uh, a unit, right? Um, and then just the overall, hey, you, you know, those are things you can't do to win games. But so that does, that has gotten in the way. Um, but that goes back to me to, to process and making sure, you know, we're emphasizing everything we need to emphasize. And then it's going to happen. Mistakes are going to happen, right? And you're going to have close games and good plays and bad plays. And at the end of the day, it's about um, the mental toughness, the grit, the resiliency of the unit to continue through all of that. WGR's Jeremy White joining us in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia. And Jeremy, I think you and I were on the same page uh, Monday night. I saw that you put this out there and I felt the same way. There was never really a moment in Monday's game where I thought the Bills were going to lose, except for when they took the lead. When they took the lead with two minutes to go, I'm like, they're losing this game. I don't know that I should feel that way, and I feel like it boils down to the real problem with the Buffalo Bills. What was your take on Monday night, Jeremy? Uh, well, the funny thing about Monday night is it's not exactly the best example of a game to fire the offensive coordinator, but it happened because of a culmination of so many mistakes. Monday's game is like, at some point the season is comical. Like, you kind of have to laugh, uh, even though it's, you know, heartbreaking or whatever, disappointing. They took the ball. They never do that on the opening kickoff, right? They win the toss and they say, we'll take the ball, which is, you know what? Forget it. We're going to play wild. Let's do something different. And they fumble on the first play. (laughs) Like you have to kind of laugh at that. To me, the taking the ball right away is an indication that you are indeed in desperation mode because you're just trying to do something different. The next move would have been to bring the coordinator out of the booth and down to the sideline, right? Isn't that the next uh, on the box to check to do the desperation move? So the game was terrible. Uh, the, the, the mistakes, the turnovers, they were beaten by a team that was begging to get beat. The, the Broncos punked. The Broncos got a free possession after that James Cook fumble and ran the ball three times, including on third and 18. Like, they should have just packed up the bus right away. So, you know, the Bills were beaten by a team that wanted to lose, and, you know, something has to change. That, that makes sense to me. Well, I, when does this work in sports where midseason you're going to change the coordinator and all of a sudden that, that was the problem there because, okay, so so it'll be Brady calling the offensive plays. Jeremy, it's not like they can design all these new plays and install them week to week, correct? Yeah, I, I think, like, where does it work? There are a couple of places where this is not exactly a football thing, but we are seeing football kind of move towards other sports. And by that I mean – Think of how the NFL trade deadline has moved in the last five years. That The trade deadline in, the, in, in baseball and in hockey has been around for a long time, and football is kind of just catching up to that. And I also think that this coordinator thing, 
In hockey, they fire coaches and then teams turn it around or start winning. It's not always justified. A lot of times a coach gets fired because the goalie stops making saves and then, you know, bring somebody else in and, hey, the goalie made some saves. Looks like he got a spark. So I tend to think that a lot of the Dorsey discourse has almost been a little bit too dramatic. You know, you got an offense like this one that doesn't work for a couple of weeks. Like the personal relationships are hard to replace, but I would never stick with a losing project or something that doesn't look like it's going the right way in the interest of continuity, which is, of course, what football tends to be addicted to. It's a, it's a sport where everybody keeps their job, and when you get fired, you just go work for a different friend of yours, and everybody's coaching for 40 years. Um, so will it work? I, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, their schedule is tough. Their defense is broken a little bit with injuries. Um, but a spark would be nice. And there's a funny little irony here that if Joe Brady, careful Joe Brady, don't be too good, because if you're too good, then – Bills fans are going to want him as their head coach, right? Like yeah. Brian Dable is a guy that walked out the door and Bills fans kind of lament that he left or, or plenty do. And if Joe Brady is too good, then he has to be replaced or elevated. Yeah. And I guess that leads right into kind of where we've been for the last 24 hours. I mean, I, I look at all of the moves of the organization and, and there's plenty of material out there to, to read as to why the Bills are where they are versus where we think they should be. And, and a lot goes back to the, the loss in the AFC championship game. Of course, you could even go ahead another year and look at 13 seconds. Ultimately, I don't know that Sean McDermott is the guy. I don't know that he, I think he's done a great job of getting them to where they are. But if you need to get to that next step, he hasn't shown us that he is capable of doing that to this point. What's your take on the head coach and, and how warm that seat might feel here as the season wraps up? Yeah, I think that the, the guy that can't get over the top, if I'm, I'm just trying this on for the first time, is that more often than not a defensive guy because he's forced into changes? Maybe not. I mean, Andy Reid was that, right? Tony Dungy, like guys that had that title and then won. For McDermott, built in is offensive turnover, no matter what. If, you get, if it's really bad, somebody's going to get fired. If it's really good, someone's get replaced. So it is kind of the devil that you dance with when you hire a defensive coach. And I feel like that builds in a small disadvantage. I think he's a good coach. Like, even if you want to move on or, or you think he can only get you to a certain spot, I feel like complimenting the job that he has done. This team has had a great defense for, you know, five, six years. And the only thing that really stops them injuries and perhaps some late game situations that we don't like talk about too much <laughs> offensively. I, I wonder about it. You know, the, the drifting, how, how committed he is to wanting to run the ball. Um, ever since they drafted Dalton Kincaid and wanted to go two tight ends to me, that was really big for me. Like I didn't understand that move, the move to make that kind of change in their offense at all. And they might already be done with that experiment. And then I think about Warren Sharp, Sharp Football, pointed this out for the first time. It's a point that's very obvious to everybody, but for whatever reason, he kind of crystallized it for me. They drafted three running backs in the first three rounds in a span in which they've drafted no wide receivers in the first three rounds. Why do you keep drafting running backs? Chances are it's because you want to run the ball better or differently, or you have a vision of how it should be run like Zach Moss was brought in to run the ball hard and then he had to go and he was traded for nothing. And then, you know, here's Latavius Murray, Damian Harris, he's going to run the ball hard and James Cook's going to be our sub back. I mean, it's just, it's for me, it's always felt like since Brian Dable left, the identity of this team is kind of an up, you know, like a prize on a reality show. Like who's going to get it? Who's going to get the idea? And whether Dorsey was influenced by McDermott 
or McDermott's rustling it back. I, I don't know, but it really does feel like identity, which is a point that I almost never want to make because I think it's just a buzzword. But in this case, I think it's legit. Now we're talking to Jeremy White. You hear him uh, on WGR in the mornings. Uh, Jeremy, like as far as, uh, well, this being really the first time in the McDermott era, there's some heat here. The seat is warm. I think we can say that that's fair. Is this the point where we should expect or fans should expect the vote of confidence? We haven't had one at this point. Should we expect Brandon Bean to say something at some point? Or maybe, dare I even say, a statement by Terry Pagula? Because, you know, barring that, I mean, it leaves the door open for speculation here. For sure. I mean, speculation's going to be a part of this. You know, the vote of confidence from Bean, uh, would Bean be even the one to make the decision? I'm not even so sure that that's the case. And for Terry Pagula, he doesn't really talk that much publicly about, well, really anything uh, outside of the stadium deal. I've had a real tough time believing the seat could be hot because look at what it's taken to get coaches fired by the Pagulas. For the hockey team, they had to be so ungodly bad. Ralph Kruger lost 12 games in a row before he got fired. And Phil Housley finished in last place. And then the next year, he finished in like, I don't know, like fifth to last or something. And it was hard for them to make that decision. Like they don't move on from people quickly. I don't think they like looking like they're panicking. And the biggest part is who would they go get? Like if Frank Reich is available, is that an idea? I, I, I just, wouldn't they want somebody that has won Super Bowls? If you're firing a coach because you think he can only get you to a certain level, I feel like the Pagulas would, would want to bring in somebody who's been to that level. So the question is removed. Like Sean Payton could have been the caliber of coach for this, but he's got a job. And I'm not sure that that personality is the right match. I think that, I think how the, how the coach, if there's going to be a replacement treats the Pagulas and communicates with them is every bit as important as everything else to them. I've never felt like McDermott's on the hot seat. And I still really don't. I'm kind of at a spot where I'll believe he's not the coach of this team when he's actually not the coach of this team. It's going to take a lot, I think, for them to make a move. Jeremy, what about the guy that we've kind of dubbed the most important guy in the franchise short of Terry Pagula, and that's Josh Allen. I mean, you know, there's certainly some some blame that needs to be assessed on his play, his decision-making, which going into this season we thought was going to be critical to the Bills' success, his ability to make the right decision in the moment, protect the football, which we haven't seen with any sort of consistency this season. Where do you think he's at with all of the changes this week? We know how much Ken Dorsey meant to him when Brian Dayball left. He endorsed Ken Dorsey. He wanted Ken Dorsey. The the, the organization gave the quarterback what he wanted, and it, it turned out to be a failure. As I said all that about like McDermott being safe, some guy that could probably undo that, right? And that might be Josh, if he was really unhappy with where things were going. I mean... Steph Diggs and that drama with, with McDermott. I mean, that was a little bit of a bad look for McDermott back at mini camp and having your number one receiver be estranged from the team or whatever. Like there've been, there's a lot of smoke around McDermott relationships, but you know, if you win, that's fine for Allen. You know, I, I'm, I'm a little different from everybody else when it comes to interceptions and turnovers. I generally say, I don't care about interceptions. And I, I really kind of mean that I don't care. You're going to throw them. If you're, if you're a passing team, you're going to throw picks and, you know, Allen leading the league in interceptions last year, they were great. Well, we didn't care because they scored enough points to overcome those. And, you know, it's, it's kind of living dangerously. If you're a golfer, you're going to hit driver on the par five because you're playing for Eagles. Like, okay, the Bills are the kind of team that plays for birdies and plays for Eagles, and they can, frankly, get them an awful lot. But now, 
without the scoring liability being there, all of a sudden those, those turnovers, the fumbles, the interceptions, they become much more glaring. So, um, you know, getting Allen in a better situation, a better offense where guys are schemed open, a better number two receiver, which has been something I've been banging the drum for for like three years. Um, you know, I would never leave him doubting for weapons. It would be the most flush offensive team I could possibly get. I would build everything on the offense. And that's kind of where that battle for the identity comes in. Because for the first, what, four or five years of Sean McDermott, how many picks in the first two rounds were spent on defensive ends and linebackers and corners? Like he's going to get his, his pieces for his defense. And I feel like this is the first offseason. They really gave a lot of attention to the offense. And it still needs more. Does uh, Sean McDermott need help on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, this is the question we asked uh, during camp. Uh, like The idea that was this too much for him or any uh, NFL head coach, knowing the, the the stress that goes into that position, not only uh, to be the head coach, but also the defensive coordinator. Could you see that being the compromise here where maybe McDermott gives up a little power next season? Could be, right? But even that, it's, is that going to be fresh eyes? Is that going to be somebody from the inside? You know, like, I think one of the one of the failings of Bill Belichick right now, all-time great coach, right, one of the great, is everything he ever does is from the inside. His offensive coordinators, sometimes coordinators that he hires to be offensive coordinators. Like it kind of looks like no one will work for Belichick other than people that have already worked for him. And that looks like a limiting game. So if the bills want to get a defensive coordinator, it's just, you know, promoting somebody within. And I guess McDermott gets a little bit more time back, a little bit more attention to focus on what, like we don't want him on the offense, right? That's another part of this. So um, I don't know if it's too much for him. I tend to think it's not. Uh, but you know, he's the head coach and he says that a lot. He says, I'm the head coach. I'm the head coach. So I think he feels the pressure of all that. And again, like he's taking a lot of shots right now. I think he's a good, good head coach. And the noise about whether or not he's got enough to get you to the end. Well, that's been a lot of noise to me. And I, I think now it's maybe a little louder than ever. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, what about the lack of Kyer Elam? I, I don't want to sweep uh, you know, the inability of a first-round draft pick to get a jersey on game day. What's your take on, on how they've handled Kyer Elam? And, and you know, where do we go from here? It's a funny one because there have been a couple times they've talked about Elam being one time talked about it and said, I wish I could tell you it's that he's, you know, he's not working hard or whatever. He said that about practice and kind of alluded to, I don't know if they just don't think he picks up what they do or I, I don't know. Like it's a little bit of a mystery. He's had good grades from pro football focus when he's in there and he remains, you know, a complete non-factor on the bench, out of the lineup. I, I don't really think of him as much of really anything. I mean, he's out of sight, out of mind to some degree, but no, that's, that's, a, that's a huge miss, huge miss. And there's been a little bit of a rumble, by the way, the last couple of years, that the Bills wanted uh, Trent McDuffie. And when they didn't get him, that became a problem because, you know, who got him was the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Trent, like, that would have been their guy. He went to the Chiefs. He's good. And all of a sudden, the Bills are left with plan B, which, you know, at the draft, you never hear about the fact that you're on plan B. It's always, oh, ever, the board felt perfect. Everything went great. But there's a couple moves in there where, you know, whether it's uh, Epinesa, Boogie Basham, it's just, they've made these picks where they're just not getting the returns. I mean, first and second rounds, offense, defense, Elam's probably the biggest example of it, but I'm surprised they don't trade him. Maybe they're afraid that if he went somewhere else, he would flourish, but he's just kind of sitting around, and the fact that he wasn't moved to the deadline to me was a big surprise. Jeremy White is our guest here. Jeremy, I'd hate to think of what this offense would look like without Steph Diggs in it. Um, he, it, it, Danger and I have the opinion that he's the best player on this team. And I, I hate asking for you to comment on you know something on social media, but here we go again with Diggs, where you have the comment from his brother in regards to Diggs and his status in, in Buffalo. So what is your level of concern here with Steph Diggs uh, you know, if the season doesn't go uh, the way that we all hope it will? Well, I'm very concerned because if he were to leave, they need two receivers, <laughs> maybe three, uh, and then they need a, a wide receiver number one. And, you know, where are you going to find that? I don't know if it's going to be free agency. There'll be options. I mean, I, I would, of course, be nervous to turn things over to just anybody. Diggs is a top five receiver in the sport and has been since he got here. So um, I, I do always want to point out, though, that like all the Steph Diggs drama it does always come from other people and it gets, I mean, sure. It's his brother this time, right? His brother said something and then it'll be, I don't know. Like when it happened in Minnesota, he said at his press conference, like you didn't hear anything from me. He tweeted, maybe it's time for a new beginning, which, you know, someone can put that as their status on a Thursday. Right. Let's just start a new diet. Everything that ever happens with Diggs doesn't come from him. So he might be crafty in that way, but he hasn't said anything. He's getting his numbers. He's a part of the team. He cares an awful lot. And if, if he cares a lot and thinks there's something wrong, I have no problem with him saying something's wrong. And if he gets out, well, then the problem I don't think is that he wants out. I think the problem is whatever it is that wants, you know, forces him to want to get out. 
Jeremy, while we have you, we should probably you know you know pick your brain a little bit about what's going on with the Sabers so far this season. A bad bad night for the team last night against Boston, and then the word that Tage Thompson is going to miss a significant amount of time here this season. Have the Sabers been playing up to your expectation up to this point this season? And what does the rest of it look like if you're missing your star forward? No, they have not, and it's very very disappointing. There, there is good news. Nobody in their division really is playing great, so. You know, they're not dead and buried, but no, I don't think they look good really at all. And I saw today they're 24th and expected goals for in the league at five on five. 24th is pretty bad. When you include power play, their power play is really bad. They are 30th in the league in expected goals. Mm -hmm. This is a team that scored a ton, right? Like all of a sudden, it's kind of like the Bills offense on some level. Like, hey, I'm just waiting for you to look good any one game and a couple of Fridays ago, I went to the Flyers game, which was Oof. the game after they beat the Flyers when they played bad. Yeah. Like, okay, you're home for a Friday night. Here comes your bounce back game. You, I, I was bullish on them. And they were terrible again. So I am really worried about them. And the fact that Tage is out for a couple of weeks, I don't know who's going to save them. I mean, now your injuries are Tage and Quinn and Talk has been in and out of the lineup, banged up. And Cousins was hurt and just come back. And like all of it is just, it's not good. I'm not getting the otherworldly goaltending from Levi that I got at the end of last year. It's almost like all the exciting things, nothing's hitting, which, again, that's not good. The only silver lining is that if they fight their way through it, I'll make another golf analogy. Like, if you know, you don't blow up too much on your blow-up holes. You can still put in a pretty good round. And right now, like, they are battling. And I, I don't have high hopes. <laughs> I'd like to see a good game or two in a row, you know, imagine that two good games in a row from them, but they look like the superior team. It's uh, it's troubling. Jeremy, of all the dumb rules in sports, I think one of the dumbest is, hey, you can be a pro in the NHL, but we can't send you the American Hockey League. No, 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 you got to go back to junior. So it is the rule. Uh, Zach Benson, has he done enough to kind of stick? I guess that's part one of the question. And then should it be independent of the question of, okay, if it's yes or no or maybe, well, the fact that now that you have these injuries, including uh, Tage Thompson, now does that – should that factor into their decision whether or not uh, Benson goes back to junior or does he stick here? That's a good question. I don't know. Like Savoy went back right away. Yeah. So uh, Benson has three more games to prove it. They are interested in Patrick King. And I don't know how much you like that idea. Some people like it. Others don't. I tend to believe the people that think Kane is shot or doesn't have much left, but there's a relationship with Kane and Granado. There's a relationship with Kane and Kevin Adams. So are they going to choose between Benson and Patrick Kane for a year? It depends, I guess, like on the term and the money that Kane gets. But um, that interest is real. That's definitely real. That they are, they are in contact and in those sweepstakes, if that's what they are. I would be surprised if Benson stays at this point. Preseason was great. How many times has he been around the net? Then, then again, like nobody on the team is sniffing too many goals. Like they're, they're struggling to score. But Benson has not had a lot of chances, and hopefully, you know, we, he's got three games to be good enough to tell them he's worth another, what, 60? So I think I'd be surprised if he sticks. They've got guys in Rochester that are ready-made and ready to go. Yeah. How, how can Benson make it over Kulik, right? Like, that guy's ready. Is he not? Everything I see is that he's been amazing for like a year and a half. So they've got guys in Rochester that are ready, and I think I'd be surprised if Benson jumps them. So, Jeremy, let, let's look ahead to, to late Sunday afternoon. The Bills uh, host the Jets. 
Uh, we don't have to think about week one. We don't want to go back to that place. But the, the Bills is seven-point favorites. I, I've been saying for weeks, I don't know how the Bills can be considered a, a touchdown or greater favorite against any team, even a team that can't find the end zone like the Jets. What, what are your, what's your outlook for, for late afternoon on Sunday? I think that they'll win. I think they'll be fine. They should have beaten the Jets the first time. Zach Wilson is what? I mean, he went in. They, they didn't game plan for Zach Wilson. This is that a slight defense, right? They game plan for Rodgers. And Wilson's more mobile, so they'll rush him differently. They'll cover him differently. I think they'll win knowing what they've got to do. The game plan will also be, I mean, I, I would bet the under. The, the line on the game for the over-under is 40. And I would bet the under because I think you're about to see a ball control Tyrod Taylor managed the football game performance from Josh Allen and that'll get it done. Like they'll, they'll, they'll go into this game planning to win 16 to 10. And I think they'll get it. Excitement. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy, White. Jeremy, I what be wrong? I yeah, mean, hey, maybe it'll be 35, 31. Who knows? They scored 16 points uh, last time. So I see what you did there against this team. Jeremy, what do you and uh, Joe have uh, planned on the show tomorrow morning? Tomorrow. Tomorrow we uh, well we always preview the, th- the Thursday game, put together a little you know three leg parlay and do a little fantasy sports. The thing about the thing I, I am really interested in, like it's way too early to say this about Brady, but let's for a moment if if I could just be whatever optimistic or whatever about Brady, he's thirty four, and a lot of the good young coaches, offensive coaches in this league are young, young prodigies, right? And here's Joe Brady, who was with LSU as their passing game coordinator to win a national title, he was 30. Yeah. So to do that and jump into the NFL and, oh, you landed in the wrong spot and then had to go here and here, like that is not an odd career arc. And when you find guys like whether it's Mike McDaniel or, you know, uh, Sean McVay, like all those guys that are from that same tree, he doesn't have to be from the same tree. He's on the Sean Payton tree to a degree, but – I guess I'm holding out hope that they found themselves a 34 year old, you know, wonder genius guy that's going to fix everything. So um, I might want to kick that idea around of, of of a young, bright mind that's part of this offense, and everybody's got to eventually answer that question of what if it goes great? What do they do? <laughs> do they just turn back to the next Ken Dorsey? Like if it goes great, what do they do? And I don't think it's that's easy anymore. Jeremy, it's uh, always great having you on with us. Appreciate you giving us some of the time during your busy day, and we'll uh, be listening tomorrow morning. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you, Jeremy. Jeremy White, WGR. Hear him tomorrow morning in the free-to-download Odyssey app, our Odyssey Sports sister station in Buffalo. Why did the Jets cut Michael Carter? Uh, He was just claimed by Arizona. Ah. Yeah, I was kind of curious about that. I, they they have a fifth rounder uh, rookie that they really like that they haven't really been able to get on the field, and Carter was kind of standing in the way of that. Um. But I always thought Carter was a decent back. Not a great back, but a decent back. Mm-hmm. Productive when you need him to, and he played some special teams as well. So, okay, so he goes to Arizona. That was just one of the things we were going to kind of like look around the NFL. I mean, the, the I, did, did the Jets think that what the Bills did last week worked so well that they had to do it themselves before they play the Bills? Players only meeting with the New York Jets. <laughs> oh, boy. And they did move on from Michael Carter, who just got claimed, as you mentioned, by the Cardinals. Um. Yeah, they haven't found the end zone here in in a couple of games, and you know they're not going to make any changes according to Robert Sala. It'll be Zach Wilson. It'll be Nathaniel Hackett. 
No Michael Carter, but the same Jets offense that we saw essentially week one. Nathaniel Hackett was once the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. So you realize that you know, sometimes you, you find a good one, but most of them are just dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deshaun Watson, boy, I feel bad for Browns fans. You know, the fact that, like, wow, that is as quality a win for Cleveland as if I can remember battling back in Baltimore. Maybe this is the win that sends you on the way. And you see that little spark from Watson, and we all don't like Deshaun Watson, uh, the, the person, but as a football player, maybe you can just kind of look the other way. Uh, it's not even an option today. Uh, results of an MRI from earlier the week. Um, his right shoulder has a displaced fracture surgery, and that's it for the season. He also has a high ankle sprain he was battling through. So Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to be starting uh, in Watson's place on Sunday, which is kind of hilarious considering that, well, the guy that everybody's toasting right now is the ultimate backup. They had him in Cleveland. Do you not remember? Dobbs, Dobbs was, was traded to Arizona. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I'm excited as a Bears guy because Justin Fields is making his return to, uh, to <laughs> kidding. Um, but it looks like he's in line to start Sunday against uh, the Lions after missing the last four games with a, a thumb injury. He wasn't able to grip the football. He's been practicing all of last uh, week and continues to practice you. this week. Thank you. Thank you for not having that game on Thanksgiving this year. Oh, no. You get the Packers instead. Well, you, will you, well, you don't get Justin Fields. Will you settle for a Jordan Love? <laughs> I think I've hit my quota of Bears football. Yeah. Yeah. No, they don't deserve to be in primetime, and I hate that I have to continuously apologize when they are. A happy hour is on the way next in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia. Uh, We've got plenty to unpack from what we just heard from Jeremy White. We've got uh, your calls at 866-4FAN if you want to join us, 585-866-4326. We'll also get to a uh, round of shots all coming up in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia on the Fan Rochester. Mike Danger for FanDuel Sportsbook, official partner of 95.7 The Fan. Get ready to start the NFL week off right tomorrow night. And right now, all customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay for tomorrow night's Thursday night football game. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay on this week's game between the Ravens and Bengals. You'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Visit FanDuel.com slash Mike so you don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay on America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21-plus and physically present in New York. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-877-8HOPE-N. Or text Hope NY 467-369. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 